It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. This is A to Z with Mark Zinno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I ask, what do you want, sizzle or steak? Welcome in. We are live here on this Wednesday, a post-trade deadline Wednesday, and there is a ton of news to get to with the Atlanta Braves. Plus, Spencer Strider was awesome last night as well. We have some Falcons news and me, the NFL loyalist, all that coming up here on the show today want to give you guys a reminder to follow us on twitter at locked on atl of course i'm at mark zinno m-a-r-k-z-i-n-n-o for a segment of the show brought to you by built uh betonline.net rather uh and i want to start with the trade deadline because you know last night leading up to 6 p.m was pretty uh entertaining if you sat down and you were just kind of watching deals as they came across uh you saw a lot of teams continue to make deals that put them in better positions for uh, not only a postseason run, but, you know, depth in the postseason and things of that nature. But manifestly, when you look at the two biggest trades or the two biggest players at the trade deadline, obviously the San Diego Padres made a huge move, right? Obviously the San Diego Padres made a move that uh, is going to alter the, the, the constructs of their team, not only for the, for the short-term future, but possibly the long-term future as well. They made some big moves. Juan Soto, they gave away a ton of prospects, but now they put together this team. And then they go out and they get Brandon Drury from the Cincinnati Reds, who's an all-star this year and one of the better third basemen in the league. So they have literally stacked their roster from top to bottom between Soto, Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis when he comes back, Drury. I mean, you know, they have names up and down along going with a really strong starting staff, Joe Musgrove, you Darvish, everybody else. This was a team right now that's, you know, going for it. And I've said this repeatedly, guys. I love when GMs go for it. I love when they push all their chips to the center of the table and go for it. And the GMs that do, I hope they win because I want that aggressiveness to be rewarded. I want that sort of mentality to be – I think it should be rewarded, and, and I want to see it pay off for them 
because that's the kind of GM I like. I, I don't like the ones that sit there, well, I don't know. You know that guy in your fantasy football league who rejects every trade just because, well, I don't know. Like, who? I, I can't stand that guy. So, I, I, and that's part of the reason why I love Alex Anthopoulos, because he's super aggressive. We're going to get to him in a minute. But the Padres made all these moves to put themselves in contention, obviously. Look, and they're going to go to the playoffs, right? Like, they are going to end up uh, being in the postseason right now. If you look at, you know, Major League Baseball standings and you look at their their playoff percentage or whatever it is, you know, I mean, uh, however they want to quantify it, I'm not sure exactly what the math is. But, you know, they are uh, 14 games over 500 right now, 11 and a half games out of first place in the NL West. Uh, and from a wild card standpoint, they're pretty secure uh, with getting to the postseason because right now they have a seven and a half game lead over the Giants, who are the first team out of the other two wild card positions. Right. So um, they don't got to worry too much at this point in time. Hold it all together and they should be fine theoretically. Now, on the flip side, you have what the Padres do, which is a whole lot of sizzle. It grabs a whole lot of headlines and it grabs a whole lot of attention. On the other side, you have Alex Anthopoulos, and he is your stake. Now, I will talk about your stake here in just a second. First, a word from our friends at betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your sports betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. There are reviews and news in every league. Obviously, Major League Baseball and the trade deadline, you got all the reviews there. But in the NFL as well, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They've got you covered with everything. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action that is happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. So Alex Anthopoulos on the other side of the ledger is all the stake. You know, there's not a lot of sexiness to the moves that he made, right? I mean, the Jake Odorizzi thing for Will Smith sort of was a uh, a bold move. You know, the Braves bullpen has been incredibly good uh, for a better part of this year. And trading away one of your guys from last year who helped you win a World Series – to get a starting pitcher from the Houston Astros says two things. One, they have a lot of faith in their bullpen. Two, uh, Jake Odorizzi is there to fill the back end of the rotation where Morton and uh, Ian Anderson are faltering at this point in time. So they're going to need some starting depth. Um, but, you know, it, it's a move that just kind of flies under the radar a little bit. It doesn't have all the headlines that we've seen from everything else. Hell, the, the Yankees sending Joey Gallo to the Dodgers because it's the Yankees and the Dodgers got more attraction than the Odorizzi trade at this point in time. But see, again, watch Alex Anthopoulos work because he gets rid of Will Smith and everybody's like, okay, you know, he's done. It's, it's good. No, 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 no. They went out and got the Angels closer, Rasiel Iglesias, uh, to be another arm in this bullpen with Kensley Jansen, uh, Tyler Matzik, A.J. Minter, and everybody else, right? I mean... They actually got better in the bullpen, I think, when it was all said and done. And then you combine that with the moves yesterday, uh, when you talk about the the sort of moves that they piecemealed together uh, and, and made an impact on, 
You get some more depth in the infield and the outfield uh, as they added Erhi, and I can't even say his his name right. It, it, it still still makes me struggle. But nonetheless, um, what's his last name again? Adzer, Adzer, You know who I'm talking about, right? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not going to try to continue to butcher um, these poor guys' names. But nonetheless, you know, as we talked about yesterday with Grant, um, it's about them. Uh, continuing to upgrade at several position, Robbie Grossman as well. Like these are all pieces here that are going to make the Braves decidedly better down the stretch and make them a lot more uh, Adrianza. That's it. Adrianza just popped up on my screen here as I was looking for it, but it's going to make them a lot more. They're going to have a lot more depth. And I think they realized that depth was so important in last year's postseason run that they went back and doubled down on that same philosophy again. Now, I, I genuinely do like the Braves' moves. Um, yeah, it's easy to get caught up in the splash, right? It's easy to get caught up in the flash. I, I get all that. And and if the Padres get to the postseason, and we've talked about this already, the consolation prize of second place in the NL East means you face the Padres probably in round one. That's what that means. Um, that's That's where they are right now as far as the standings is concerned because of the way um, it shakes out. So you would get the top two seeds. Again, the Dodgers and Mets would be the top two seeds. They would uh, get buys. The next three seed would be the the NL Central winner, whether that's Milwaukee or whoever else, gets the third wild card, the last wild card, either the Phillies or the Cardinals, whoever that is. And then the top two wild cards face each other. So the consolation prize here, um, and, and right now there's a four-game lead for the Braves over the Padres. Uh, the consolation prize is not fun. That's going to be a tough first-round matchup and one that the Braves are going to get their, their hands full on. And then they're going to have to go out and face the Mets. Weird. But nonetheless, so um, I would tell you that with the Padres doing what they did and the Braves doing what they did, the Padres probably can't catch the Dodgers. If they did, that would be utterly amazing at this point. But these two teams that made big-time deals – one more splashy and flashy than the other, uh, are likely on a collision course to meet each other at some point in the postseason. At least that's what it feels like. All right, coming up next, I still can't believe that there is a single doubt about this player in anybody's mind. That's coming up next right here on A to Z on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Be right back. Welcome back to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. You search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Again, give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On ATL. I'm at Mark Zino, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. This segment of the show brought to you by our friends at Built Bar as well. Don't forget to check out all the other shows here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is A to Z. You have Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, ATL Day Ones with Jarvis Davis and Tanisha Batiste. Don't forget about our Braves postcast after every Braves game. Uh, in which uh, I'm not sure when you're listening to this, but they got an early game today at 12:20 at Truist Park. So a little day game action before uh, they get away up to uh, Nueva York to go face the, the New York Metropolitans. Uh, and then, of course, uh, locked on Falcons and locked on Hawks. We'll get into the Falcons coming up here a little bit next. Just a quick a couple of updates from training camp, uh, and we'll do that next as well. And someone called me an NFL loyalist, which I find absolutely hysterical. But nonetheless, um, we'll get to that coming up. I wanted to talk merely about Spencer Strider. 
I can't say enough words about Spencer Strider at this point in time. And to me, it is utterly laughable that anybody who is objective about what they are seeing can look at the Braves rotation right now. And this is before we see Odorizzi, before we see what he can bring to the table. But how you can look at the Braves rotation right now and if think about if the playoffs started tomorrow or the playoffs start obviously in October, how Spencer Strider should not be one of the top three starters on this team. I am just beside myself. And yes, I'm talking to you, my good friend Carl Dukes from 929 The Game. Uh, if you guys have followed me on Twitter, he and I have gone back and forth that, that week I filled in over on 929 The Game. And I, I told him this was back in the middle of July when I said, yeah, Strider is, is one of the three starters. It's Freed, it's Wright, and it's Strider. And that's it. Send the three young kids out there, forget the other guys, and let's move on. Strider has the best stuff on this staff. You've heard me say that before, and it bears me saying it again. Doesn't mean he's the best pitcher. It just means he has the best stuff, and he's got the proof to back it up in everything that he does. Look, he has made 12 starts this year. 12, okay? He's only given up more than three earned runs in two of those 12 starts. He has struck out at least seven batters in eight of those 12 starts, and that includes four double-digit strikeout games. This stuff that he has is flat-out electric. Strider's likely going to be the rookie of the year, uh, and he is a guy that absolutely can be trusted to take the ball, given what we've seen from him in situations that matter because he doesn't seem to be phased by much. If the only thing you want to knock him on is the fact that last night was the first time he'd actually gotten past six innings. If you want to knock him on his, uh, let's call it lack of economics, lack of economy on his pitches, that's fine. I've said repeatedly, that'll come. I mean, there was a game against the Mets earlier this year it took him 103 pitches to get through four and two-thirds. I mean, he struck out eight. And again, you're going to throw more pitches when you strike guys out. Why? It takes three pitches to strike a guy out, at least. It only takes one pitch to get a guy out, right? I mean, this, the math is, is there. But nonetheless, again, this is a spot where Spencer Strider has proven to this point that he is a guy that can be trusted in the biggest of spots. And oh, by the way, you know, the team themselves are seven and five in games he started, right? Again, two of those were blow-up starts where he gave up six earned runs to the Giants and five earned runs to the Nats. Those happen. Braves lost both of those games. But in every other game that the Braves have lost with him on the mound, the other three, two of them were extra inning games. So clearly he did his job and the bullpen did not. And then it was his very first start where he gave up three earned runs in four and a third in a loss to Arizona. And that was, in fact, the, the first start he made before. That was the last game before that 14-game win streak. But in the 11 starts since, the guy has been freaking phenomenal. And the team since then, okay, is five. he is five and one in those starts. And there are guys out there who believe that if you haven't done it in the playoffs, well, then we're having a different conversation. 
to that in a minute. First, a word from my friends at Built Bar from the amazing people who invented healthy and tasty comes to you. The latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given you the coconut brownie chunk puffs treatment, right? Remember I talked to you guys about puffs. Uh, it's this protein marshmallow that's so tasty. It's so light. It's so fluffy. Um, but now they've given you the coconut brownie chunk Built Bar flavor you love covered in 100% real chocolate, fluffy like a cloud, coconut brownie goodness. Stop drooling. Now listen, these are good for you. These, these bars are great for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, all delicious. And they're here for a limited time. Go to built.com now to make sure you don't miss out. They're going fast because they taste amazing. I know I've had them. Um, I'm somebody who's very conscious about what I eat. And when I do it and built bars are part of my regular routine. Uh, especially when I want a post-meal snack or even something late at night, you know, like getting closer to bedtime that just wants to fill my belly. And I know that it's good for you. The best part about Build Puffs, of course, they taste amazing. You can try them all guilt-free because they're actually good for you. The perfect treat. It's delicious, coconut, rich, sweet, brownie, creamy marshmallow. Go to Built.com to order your box of coconut brownie chunk Build Puffs bars right now. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 at built.com. All right, back to the mustache, Spencer Strider. Uh, you know, and my, my buddy Carl Dukes, his contention is that, well, Morton has done it in the postseason and done it again and again. And I'm like, that's great. That doesn't mean that Strider shouldn't start. Guess what? Kyle Wright has never done it in the postseason. Are we not starting him? What's Kyle Wright's postseason record? Zilch. Should he not start? No, you're starting him based off him being the best pitcher right now. By the way, Tyler Matzik never did it in the postseason until last year when he did it in the postseason. Like it's it's a loose argument at best because you're just going to give the ball to the guys over this year on 162 games you've seen trust you. The Braves have Kensley Jansen as their closer. Guess what? That guy fell apart in L.A., which is why he is now the Braves' closer. Because they had seen enough of him failing to go, we need to move on. I've seen enough of Charlie Morton failing. I've seen enough of Ian Anderson failing to know, I don't need to give those balls and those guys the ball in the postseason. I don't. There's no reason to. If I have Max Fried, Kyle Wright, Spencer Strider, and hopefully Jake Odorizzi, that's enough for me. And that ought to tell you as well, as I said earlier in the last segment, how much they are worried about Morton and Anderson and how little faith they have in their performance this year that they went out and got another starter. An accomplished starter, oh, by the way, with postseason experience, my good buddy Carl Dukes. So I'm not so worried about him doing it in the postseason. When he gets the ball, his stuff is good enough to do it in the postseason. Because it's not like he's just getting by. He is overpowering people. He is overwhelming hitters. He is he is, is, is controlling games. I mean, for crying out loud, last night, there were 20 outs that Spencer Strider got. He struck out 13 of those dudes. 13. I mean, what else do I have to tell you? I don't know what to tell you. What I, what I can tell you is Spencer Strider has earned the right to be in this postseason rotation. He has shown he is one of the top three pitchers on this staff, and he has shown that he deserves every opportunity to be in a high-leverage spot in a start 
in the postseason. You know, by the way, if there's a guy on this staff that I trust that can get out Juan Soto, Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis, Strider is the first guy that I'm going to. Yes, and that's over Max Fried. Why? Because his stuff is better than Fried's. Fried is a better pitcher. Strider has better stuff. And I don't think that's debatable at this point in time. All right, coming up next, uh, we got to hand out a shovel of wisdom because I am not an NFL loyalist. I will explain, plus an update from Falcons Camp. That's right here on A to Z on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast, search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Final segment of A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast, search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Final segment of the show brought to you by my good friends at Coffee AM. Yeah, that's going to be the perfect pick-me-up every single day. We'll get to those guys in just a moment. Uh, Before we get to the Falcons and some interesting news from camp at one position that I think is quite notable, let's hand out a shovel of wisdom. Brace yourselves, because it's time for the Shovel of Wisdom. Yeah, you know how we do it every day. We like to uh, whack somebody straight upside the head, set them straight for saying or doing something stupid. You can do so on my Twitter account, at Mark Zeno. Of course, use the hashtag Shovel of Wisdom. And today, my shovel goes to Stephen Godfrey. You may know who Stephen Godfrey is. You might not. I didn't know who he was until last night. But apparently it looks like he works for uh, SB Nation uh, as covering football. Um, and he tweeted out yesterday, says, I'm not an NFL insider, but in the last 24 hours I've learned the league thinks you should do a lot of wild and terrible shh before you ever bet on the Atlanta Falcons to win. And I'm picking up the sarcasm. And it's funny. And it's that and the other. Um, and I simply quote tweeted that. And basically said that there is, this is more foolishness about trying to compare two things that shouldn't be comparable. Besides, you know, like one is in the CBA and specifically outlined for punishment, and the other isn't. Um, but, you know, and I wrote, let's keep trolling for Twitter points. So Godfrey got, you know, obviously responded and told me he'd get me my refund. I haven't gotten it. But um, that said, you know, he, somebody responded that me, who also works for 99, uh, the Falcons flagship should, deserves every single game. And Godfrey responded, and I don't, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but, you know, strongest fear that such a take has more to do with Ridley already being out for mental health reasons when it occurred. And I'm like, ah, I wrote it back and said, zero to do with it. Really simple. Gambling violations are in the CBA, just like the ED suspension. Those ones are clearly outlined on what the penalty is for those things, which Deshaun Watson did is only in the CBA as far as personal conduct violations, which are open to interpretation about how many games of suspension they'll get. Furthermore, the integrity of the game can never be questioned, can never be called into question, because that is the on-field product that we watch and we all love. Clearly, you can do what you want off the field, and it doesn't affect the game itself. Now, that wasn't that wasn't even the part where it got really good. Um, but nonetheless. Godfrey went back out to quote uh, uh, me um, after I wrote that and said something to the effect of this is a good vantage point as to how and why the Watson decision arrives is received regurgitated back to us by a certain fear of NFL loyalists. Listen when they tell you. I believe that whatever is done off the field doesn't affect the game as a majority opinion and the simplest explanation is how the league gets through. Listen when they tell you. Hey, Godfrey, fight me. 
Uh, I am the furthest thing from an NFL loyalist. Check the receipts, bro. It's on my TL. Never once have I ever backed the league. I've crapped on Goodell and the league for years, and the Bulls, you know what, they pull. Okay? And I've called the league out for years on their hypocrisy and everything else. But simply put, two things can be true at the same time. That Calvin Ridley got the suspension he deserved for exactly what he did. And I can still believe that Deshaun Watson is guilty and should have been punished harsher. And, and it's okay. Like, the idea that me understanding what Ridley did, being completely separate from understanding how the NFL would handle Deshaun Watson, can both be true at the same time. There is nothing that precludes the two uh, and should connect the two. Each individual, and the NFL has showed you this over and over again, each individual punishment is not related to anything else. A guy gets two games for this, a guy gets six games for this, a guy gets five games for this, he gets one game for this play. We've got guys who got 12 games for targeting for crying out loud. We got Miles Garrett to hit a guy with his helmet and got more games than Deshaun Watson. Is it making any sense? No, it's not making any sense. But as I said repeatedly, the NFL doesn't have to prepare whether you think it makes sense. This has nothing to do with me being an NFL loyalist. That's why I said God for you can fight. If somebody tells Stephen God for you, you know he is more than welcome to come on the show anytime you want. I'd love to have that But that said, this is you know one of those things where uh, people want to prove two things to be true at the same time, and, and they don't have to. And again, it's one of those things where Look at the punishment for gambling and the NFL's attitude towards it. It's clearly different than their attitude towards violence against women. And no one thinks they shouldn't change their attitude about violence against women. Of course they should. They've needed to change it for years, but they simply do not care. And they don't have to care. But if you want to talk about the NFL loyalists, those are the millions and millions and millions of fans who still exist. But I saw it in Baltimore. I covered the Ravens. If you want to talk about NFL loyalists, Stephen Godfrey here is an NFL loyalist. Ray Rice got suspended for two games for getting into a domestic violence situation with his wife. Walked back on the field and got applauded by Ravens fans. And then, of course, a week later, the video came out. Quick word for my friends at Coffee AM. Coffee never tastes so good. Coffee AM is an Atlanta based small batch coffee roaster. That is right here in Georgia. They make the best coffees around here. Freshest coffees you can get. Why? Because most of their coffees are roasted in shit. The same day or close to it. Coffee AM only roasts current crop specialty grade coffee. And that's how they can get them from around the world. A huge selection. They're organic, they're fair trade, direct trade, expertly crafted blends and espressos. Coffees, flavored coffees, homemade teas, and a whole lot more. Roasted right here. Go to coffeeam.com backslash lockdown today. Take a look at their full menu of coffees, teas, gift sets at coffeeam.com backslash locked on. Use the coupon code locked on at checkout to get 15% off your first order of coffees, teas, and gift sets. Coffee AM, the best small batch coffee roaster in America. All right, let's turn our attention to the Atlanta Falcons uh, and uh, one of my colleagues, Josh Kendall, covering the team. Brought up one interesting note here. Um, in reference to the position of safety. So far, Jalen Hawkins and Richard Grant have taken almost all the first team reps at safety. Now, Falcons signed veteran Eric Harris 
Marlowe, the software insurance policy, in case they weren't ready. But let's see how these two guys perform. Again, we talked about Richard Grant being one of the best for the Fontenot Smith regime as far as drafting the player and seeing how well he can do because we know that this is going to be good. Um, we have high levels of confidence that Drake London will also end up working out in their favor as the first round pick that they've made. But it's the second, third, fourth round pick. Those guys that yeah, you want to be NFL starters, routine starters in this league. Well, they don't necessarily have to be all pros. They've got to be reliable players if you'd like to be able to rebuild a team. Richie Grant and Jalen Hawkins are those guys that really have to mature very quickly, particularly Richie Grant. So that part was interesting. I thought it was worthwhile noting um, that they, uh, they're starting to at least give the coaches some semblance of uh, some semblance of, of confidence that they can play there. You know, as we get set for the uh, preseason opener, which is now nine days away at Detroit, um, you know, there is a sense, uh, as talked about last year, that they couldn't play a lot of their starters, a lot of their regulars because of lack of depth, like if somebody got hurt or anything, that they were worried that somebody was down and they weren't going to be able to recover, which I certainly understand. Um, but you get the sense of talking, hearing our talk that uh, those guys are going to play. Um, and they need to get working. And, you know, it's interesting because I think that Smith wants to prove something from the get-go. Even though it's preseason, even though it doesn't count, even though it doesn't matter, there is a sense Heard him talk about this. Heard that team he's talked about this. with this team because they are so uh, looked at as not being able to win because they have so many uh, people doubting them. That they want to prove people wrong, and they're going to go out there in the first preseason game. They're going to go out there and try and use that as a second message from day one that hey, these aren't the Falcons. That can backfire on you terribly. Um, again, guys can get hurt in the course of the season. But in the same respect, there's coaches who get the mentality that I want to hold this thing all the way through till the end, the very last game of the regular season. And it starts with game one. Let's keep a look out for that. I know we're over a week away from August 12th and the first game, but let's just see where they go with it. All right, that'll do it for me today here on this Wednesday. Thursday, uh, yeah, I'll be traveling again, but I'll still be with you guys and I don't want to be. Thanks for making A to Z your first listen of the day. Make sure you make ATL Day Ones with Trevor Davis and your very next listen right here on Podcast. Have a great Wednesday. Don't forget to crap Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.